When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors annual sales event now on. One-off price reductions and special APR finance available during this event. Call in today and save thousands at Blackstone Motors, Drada and Dundalk. Well, tonight is another crowning glory night in Oriel Park as Dundalk will lift the League of Ireland trophy for the fifth time in six seasons. But there's a big change this year because there's a new man at the helm and it must be a really special evening for Vinnie Perth, who joins me on the line. Well, Vinnie, how are you feeling today? Yeah, really excited about tonight, to be fair. Um, you know, I think um, there's a temptation that you take these nights for granted and um, you forget where this, the, you know, where the club has come from. And we're in the exact same position. Finn Harps were, you know, uh, tonight in a, getting ready for a playoff on Monday. We were there only, only eight years ago, I think it is. So just shows you how far we've come that um, very conscious not to take tonight for granted and really looking forward to it. It's a real, when you lift the trophy at home, it's a real opportunity to to show, you know, your supporters. Like, Dundalk has changed, no doubt about it, over the last year or two in terms of our ownership. But I think this club belongs to the community. We're a real soccer town and, and you know, the volunteers and, and that do so much work um, from people like Colin Murphy, our club secretary, all the way through to the normal people around the place that um, this is sort of the, the players opportunity myself opportunity to lift that trophy and show them how much we appreciate it and, um, I think we should um, I think everyone should enjoy the night and certainly don't take it for granted Yes because when you are successful consistently there is a danger that people do just accept it as the norm and they say well that's happening but you really do want to pack the place to the rafters tonight yeah, I think it's important. What I want to do is, uh, my job now is being this year as the manager team, and I think I think um, that was that was my job to ensure that because Stephen had left and he was such a huge figurehead in, in the whole town, and was was sort of to concentrate on the football, the management of the team, and and so to make sure that part because we we know history tells you when someone of that stature leaves. Um, there's, a, there's a real danger that your club can suffer and we've seen it with the might of Manchester United we've seen it in our own league uh, with other clubs so I was very conscious of that and I probably haven't been uh, sort of have the same leadership skills as Stephen around the town and maybe that's something I can improve going forward but what I will say is I think it's time now that uh, you know we we showed uh, and we've done it at different stages, but we certainly showed the community that we're still here, we're still winning trophies, 
we're still representing the town of Dundalk. And I think tonight's so important that what I want to happen is I want the kids playing for whether it's Rock Celtic or Mahalan Moor or wherever it is, to come tonight and to see the players and aspire to be them players one day. And I think I think it's important and we see now the way pitches are tight and and you know, slots on pitches for local clubs. But like I urge if anyone is training tonight, um, the best bit of management you'll ever do is, is bring your players up to a game tonight and let them see the heroes of today lifting the trophy and and I hope that those young players can be come heroes for Dundalk uh, in time to come and, and that's my next step now is is, is really, you know, uh, make sure that the community um becomes part of the club, uh, or bigger part of the club than it is now. So um hopefully that starts tonight. Last few weeks, look, you've had the League One for a while now and results haven't particularly gone your way. There's a feeling maybe you took your foot off the pedal. But tonight, against St. Pat's to finish off, it's a big night for them. Stephen O'Donnell coming back as manager as well. You'll be going all out for the win against your old buddy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, we tried a couple of things. We tried to trade the back against uh, um, Bohemians and it, it, it worked to a point, but it, ultimately we didn't get the results. But we were very happy and sometimes we, we were we were 31 games unbeaten and sometimes... You don't learn a hell of a lot in them times. You learn that your players can dig in for you and get results, but what you don't learn is different systems. And because we're constantly under pressure to win games, it means you can't be as experimental as you'd like. So we've done that over the last couple of weeks. We've trained a little bit harder before the court game than we normally would with um, with the cup final in mind, with Linfield in mind. So we're back to normal this week, so I expect a normal performance and um, ironically, yes, it's, we get the trophy the same night as Stephen is back. Um, so uh, it, it, it'll be great to see him. I mean, he has played a part in a success this year. He was working as a you know, match analyst um, before he left. So um, he's been a big part of what we've done over over many years. And um, you know, we'll get a chance to recognise that tonight. So as I said, it's a special night for for many reasons. We really appreciate the help we've had this year. And again, your radio station has, has covered the, the game so well. I know my own wife is able to follow the matches now from home. So uh, we really appreciate all your support. So many thanks. Yes, Vinnie Perth there joining me a little earlier on today. Uh, he's a busy man, as you can imagine. Trophy night tonight in Oriel Park, and we wish them well. It'll be a massive crowd heading to the Carrick Road this evening, I'm sure. But if you're not, remember, you can listen to the game here with us on LMFM. It's online, online live with Davy, Davy Hollywood this evening. And also to mention, Drogheda United have a big, big game tonight in United Park. They play Cabin Teeley in a winner-takes-all game. If they win tonight, the Drogs, they go through to play Finn Harps in the final playoff for a place in the Premier Division 1-1 after the first leg Adrian Taft bringing us the action from United Park online again if you're not going along this evening uh, do tune to us here on LMFM Radio online. Now our friends in Matthews.ie have been in touch with some important information for their customers commuters travelling on Matthews.ie will only be able to purchase their popular 10 journey tickets by using a leap card from the 1st of November the aim you see is to speed up boarding times for customers so while single and return journeys will continue to be printed as paper tickets all 10 journey tickets will now be issued exclusively on the leap card you can 
find out more on their website at matthews.ie. And to celebrate the uh, change to the new system, matthews.ie have given us two Leap cards, each preloaded with 10 trip tickets to give away on the show today. So here's your question. 086-1800-658, you need to WhatsApp or text your answer to. And here is the question. It's a musical question today. Are you ready? The wheels on the bus go... What's the next two words I'm looking for? Well, there's three words. There's an and in the middle. The wheels on the bus go. So do you know what I'm looking for now? Two words with an and in the middle. Get your answers in straight away to 086-1800-658. Margaret Madden, don't you be sitting there laughing at I, me. I just can't. I just wish you were on Facebook Live when you were doing that. <laughs> Thank God I'm not on Facebook Live. Anyway, she's live with us next. It's Book Club Friday. We have a lovely gift pack to give away of books to you. And Margaret will make our recommendations. Stay with us. She is the queen of books and reading and libraries, you name it. And she's our book club woman, Margaret Madden. You're welcome back to Late Lunch. I want to start with an apology. I stood you up last night. You did. I'll never forgive you. I'm filing for a radio divorce. <laughs> My radio wife, will you forgive me? Please forgive me. But there was a reason I stood you up. It was a fellow called Andrea Bocelli. Do you know him? I uh, may have heard of him. Yeah. He was in the SSE in Belfast last night and I was there. And I just want to say before we start, it was one of the most memorable concerts I have ever ever, ever been Oh, at. brilliant. My mum was, was a huge oh, fan, yeah. Thank God I went and I thank my son Jared and his wife Shauna for the gift. They bought us the tickets last Christmas and it was so special to be there last night. It was just wonderful. And Beverly Knight sang with him. You know Beverly yeah, yeah, Knight? Yeah. Wow. My, oh my. It's, a it's night. fine. I stayed in bed and watched The Real Housewives <laughs> of Orange County. <laughs> we were to go where? We were to go to the launch of the Irish Book Awards in the GPO. Okay. And I, I just, what well, I did is I stalked them all night on Twitter instead. So I felt like I was there. <laughs> we, we, we'll hit them hard, will we, for the, for for the, the night itself? Yeah, my ball gown is dusting okay. down as we speak. Okay, yeah. let's do that. Let's get to business straight away. Okay. Anyway, uh, will you tell me, please, um, uh, what your book of the month is? My book of the month is The Lighthouse Keeper's Daughter by Hazel Gaynor. Now, I have interviewed Hazel yeah. and about this book and it is... A wonderful, wonderful work. Oh, God, it's just all-encompassing. I loved it. Now, I'm, I was seriously late getting to read it. I think it's out in smaller paperback form now, so the cover will be slightly different to what I have. Um, I, I can't believe it took me so long to read it. I read it in pretty much one sitting. It was fabulous. So it's the story of Grace Darling, who I didn't realise. I've never heard of her. Had you heard of her before I you had, read it? I had. Yeah, I mean, she... She was the, like this local hero. There was um, a rescue mission um, off the coast and she hopped into her father's lifeboat with him and, and they rescued all these people. And in, in kind of 1900, it was it's unheard of for a woman to be doing things like that. So she was notorious, but I had never heard of her. So this story fascinated me. But it's split time book. So you're going from uh, kind of 1938, you've Matilda, who's boarding a uh, the boat over from Cove to, to America. America. And she's been sent away by her parents. Yes, under a little bit of shame, she, you know. Yes, and I just wanted to tell people that Grace Darling, Northumberland, off the coast of England, that's where she was based Sorry. and the great rescues happened there. Yeah. Then we switched to Cove with this young girl going to America. Absolutely. And sorry, uh, Grace's uh, thing was 100 years earlier, it was 1838. Yes, sorry, yes. My, I'm, I'm all over the place no, today. No, you're all right. <laughs> I, hopefully Hazel will forgive me. She will. Um, but it's just the fabulous story of the two of them. You know, there is 
a bit of a connection there that kind of intertwines. There's a thread there and it's just a fabulous, fabulous story about very strong women. Um, Matilda heads over to stay with um, a relation called Harriet who um, in Rhode Island and she's working in a lighthouse. And there's old letters discovered. There's an atmosphere. There's Oh, there's waves, there's shells, there's... Oh, it's just fabulous. You can mm. feel the emotion you all can, the way you through. You can, you yeah. can picture the place, It's palpable, yeah, yeah, for sure. But but she comes across this unfinished portrait. She does, and it is... Uh, she's guessing that it's Grace herself, mm. but it's only half done, and and she's wondering why. But, but she loves it, and she wants to hang it up in the lighthouse and leaves it in to be reframed. And in behind that, they find a letter. And it kind of unravels a story um, of um, an artist and grace and the connections. Yes. Yeah. It's a triumvirate, really, isn't it? As you say, Coven and the Irish connection to the lighthouse in the United States, to the lighthouse in the UK and Northumberland and a hundred years between it. How she weaves them together is marvellous. Isn't she just the queen of doing Ah, that though? She She is is the queen of historical fiction. And there's another, you know, back at the rescue, back in Northumberland, one of the people that she rescued is Sarah. And Sarah had children with her on the boat when it sank and the children don't make it. So you also have there's grief in there too, but there's more connections to be made and there's a little locket with photographs and it's all these little things that are all interlinked. It's just fabulous. So this is a real winner winner for you, Margaret Madden, mm. and you're delighted to name it as Late Lunch Book Club Book of the Month for the month of October. The yeah. Lighthouse Keeper's Daughter by Hazel Gaynor. You'll be intrigued. You won't put it down. You'll no, you thank won't. us. Thank this woman for recommending it to you. She's brilliant, Hazel. I, I just have to say. Isn't she great? Oh, yeah. Think she's turned her hand to has been just a surefire winner. I'm halfway through her her next one. You know, you? meet me in Monaco. Yes, yeah. yes, you're going to ha- love that. I, I know, and I have it sitting up on the desk myself. So that's the book of the month on late lunch this month. You won't go wrong. You won't go wrong at all if you pick it up. You will enjoy. Now your second selection this time round. I'm just going to say something to you. You could have even kept this for another time and said this was. I know. A Maybe book I should. Well, no, I just stop no, no. and you do one instead. Do not stop. <laughs> Please don't leave me in the lurch here at all. This book is called All the Good Things by Claire Fisher. Now, Beth is the central character in yeah. this book. She's 21 years of age and it opens up with um, you knowing that she's in prison. She's done something that she has accepted that she deserves punishment for. Um, so that's not an issue. It's not like she's, I'm not guilty. It's not one of those kind of books. Yes. Um, she's meeting with her counsellor, her prison counsellor, Erica. And she's, a, you know, Beth is very angry. She won't talk to anybody. She's lashing out. Then she huddles up on her own. She won't mix. So Erica's trying to find out what's going on. So she asks her to write out all the good things that have happened in her life, hence the title. And we get to find out what they are. But by God, she doesn't seem to think her life is very good at all. And she's Mm. right. It was a hard life. But it's written in such a way that you just blend with her. You really connect with her. And some of it is written in the form of a letter to her daughter, who you're presuming has been taken into care because she's in prison. So that's kind of a... Yeah, but you see... (laughs) I'm watching you now. I'm watching you for spoilers. And and I'm watching you too, because I was thinking to myself when you were going to review this book today, it's hard to review this book without Mm. 
spoiling it. Okay, well, what I'll do is we'll basically we can talk about Beth herself and her story. So she she was raised in foster care, not from birth. Um, her mother, you don't really find out that much about why, but her mother just could not be a mother. Okay, so I, there's kind of um, insecurity issues, mental health issues, possibly drug issues. I can't just recall at the moment. Yep. It's kind of an irrelevant part of the story as to why she's in care, but she is. And she's in this lovely home and she adores her foster dad. I mean, absolutely adores him. And they get they have this special, special bond. And he's really bringing out of herself, teaching her to read and how to make friends. But his wife is not feeling it. And when it comes to the idea of adopting her, she she says, I, I don't want to. I'm pregnant. And they kind of give her back mm. like a puppy. Do you know, it's yeah. just, as you know, I'm a foster mom, so I find this story very, very poignant. You yes. don't just hand a child back because it doesn't fit in with your life. you know. Mm-hmm. So she goes on to a series of, of broken placements then because she's so angry and so upset. And so you're following her through and watching her life one step at a time. You're going, no, 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 don't make that decision. Don't do that. You're just angry. Just sit back, relax. So she ends up at a very, very young age living in what's called assisted living, where they the equivalent of Tulsa over there is. um, I'm not sure what it's called. They um, put her up into an apartment and get her settled in, but then step back and leave her to it. And sure, within a month, her bills have piled, piled up. She's no food in the press. She, does, she doesn't know how to look after herself. You know, you ask this question as you read this book. How can a vulnerable person be let down by so many people on so many fronts? Yeah. That's the, really what sits with you. Absolutely. The system is broken somewhere along the line. Yeah. Um, but in this case, the system started with that foster mother who refused to adopt her and chose her pregnancy over keeping her and trying. You know, it's... It, so, or do you go back to the birth mother? Do you yes. start, is the system broken there? Um, when she was pregnant, did somebody not realise that mm. she couldn't cope with a new baby? You know, there's a whole... Yes. You actually would feel nearly every emotion under the sun reading this book, oh, I wouldn't d- you? Especially yeah. me. Yeah, I yeah, did. And for yeah. you, you yeah, in yeah. particular. But here's the thing. Um, <sighs> did you feel that she was nearly talking to you? Did you get that from the pages of the book? You know, as you yeah. read it, that nearly she was in a one-to-one conversation with you, the reader. Yeah, and she's, as I said, she's kind of writing to her daughters, so it's it's put in very frank, straightforward langu- language. You know, there's nothing flowery and, and hard to read about this book at all. It's beautifully written. Uh, I did. I felt each emotion, and as I said, I felt like hopping into the pages and stopping her from making... I mean, put it. She she has an affair with a married man in it, and you just know from the very beginning that she's fallen for him. But she's twenty years, you know, eight, nineteen, yeah. twenty. You're like, what are you doing? You know, you're you're just taking another step on a downward spiral, mm. and you do you do feel like you want to hop into the book and just wrap your arms around her and take her back home with you. I can tell you. The ending will just knock you for six, and that's all I'm no, going to say. Yeah. I'm not going to say anymore, <laughs> but I, I've said that many times about books, but we really mean it in this instance here. But you don't know all the way through why she's no, in prison. So no, that's, no, no, no. Yeah. That's the great part of it. It's, yeah. it's, it's brilliant by Claire Fisher. This is a wonderful book. Yeah. I agree with you. And you and know. I listened to it on audio. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm not going to cheat, but I went to the library and got a, a hard copy as well. I have it here yes, with me. Yes, it's sitting beside um, you here. Well so worth is. picking up. If you can't see it in the shops, get order it or order it okay. from your library. It's called All the Good Things by Claire Fisher and it comes with a huge recommendation from Margaret Madden. Now, she's going to come to her classic in a minute, but before she does, I want to tell you, 
I had to stop her running out of the studio. Margaret, I mean, with all these books. What a pack we have from you. We have The Family Gift, Kathy Kelly's new one, Postscript by Cecilia Hearn, uh, My Wife Married to a Feckin' Egypt, Sinead Brazzle Talk to Bernard O'Shea on the 11 to 1, Phil Coulter, Bruise Never Broken, Belfast and Derry in Revolt, and three little truths it's very hard to say uh, Edna Shorthall was with me here a couple of weeks ago on the show what a pack of books would you like them we want to give them to someone today here's the question okay Phil Coulter he was with me this week he's there in this book pack what Irish city or where was Phil Coulter born where was Phil Coulter born which Irish city city on the island of Ireland it's up there it's up a bit up up look up in case you want a clue where was Phil born? For the books, get your answers into us ASAP 086-1800-658. WhatsApp us or text us now as soon as you can and we'll pick a winner for those wonderful books. You'll be reading for days uh, when you get them from us. We'll make the arrangements. Now, into your final pick this afternoon, which is a classic. And what a classic you've come with today, Margaret. I have, isn't it? This is a bit random. It'll be yeah. Halloween. I wanted to get something kind of scary and it is Picnic at Hanging Rock by Joan Lindsay. Well, now you're going back, let me tell listeners, to 1967, uh, written by Joan Lindsay and regarded as Australia's probably finest book. Yeah, I read this and rightly so. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. I've never read it. I only got it on audio and then got the book out from the library as well. Um, I'd seen the movie, Mm. but I I didn't consider it as a book I would, you know, pick up. But I said, no, I'll give it. Oh, my God, it's amazing. (laughs) It really is absolutely amazing. It shocked me. Um, Well, we're going back to the the year 1900 and a a school in Australia where they go on a picnic with the principal of the school and teachers, etc., and what follows is shocking. Yeah, I don't know whether anybody remembers the 1970s movie. It's very iconic. And I think they made a, a new mini-series of it recently. But this um, uh, Valentine's Day picnic for the girls from Appleyard College Boarding School. And they head up to this um, hanging rock in, in the wilds of Australia. And we have um, Miranda, Edith, Irma and Marion head off to climb the rock, even though they were told not to, um, just to have a little wander. But... They, they never come back. No. Miss um, McCraw, their maths teacher, follows them up to see where they are, what's happened, and she never comes back. Mm. And it, one girl, actually, who had gone up with them, came, comes flying back down. She was a bit of a coward. And she's like, they're, they're all gone mad. They're all gone mad. They're all gone climbing up the rock in a trance-like state. I don't know what's happened to them. And that's when the maths teacher went up to try and find them. But as I said, she didn't come she back. She didn't come back. And here's the thing about this book. Um, Joan Lindsay was interviewed many times before she passed away to ask her, was it based on a true story? And actually, she left us in the lurch even to this day. She said she imagined this in her dreams. Mm-hmm. But she didn't actually dispel that it was based on some, you know, yeah. seminal of our little piece of truth. Yeah. It's just such an atmospheric book. You actually mm. tend to believe that this could have happened, you know, it, yeah. it, which is bizarre because I'm not into all this, <laughs> you know, weird and unexplained things. I'm a very kind of black and white person when it comes mm. to scientific facts and, you know, research and DNA. And, you know, I like to know the ending, but this has an ambiguous ending. It and has. for a reason. It's inconclusive. But let me tell you something, just a little ditty extra. There was a final chapter, which the publishers took out of the book to leave it in the fashion that it ended mm-hmm. for readers. 
But the final chapter was revealed some years later and it led to the making of, you know, picnic at Hanging Rock and Mm -hmm. this type of thing, trying to tie up the loose Mm -hmm. ends of the mystery. It's intriguing, even to this day. Yeah, it is, because even after the the community get involved in searching the rock and a local wealthy man and his footman went up and and they find one of the girls barely alive and bring her back. Mm. Um, But she cannot remember anything. Nobody can. And I know it's a big tourist attraction now in Australia. Actually, I heard they're getting a bit fed up with it. (laughs) They want to dump it at this stage. Don't dump it. It's your your Australian dollars for the community there. It's really well written as well. I was absolutely blown away by this. Okay, Picnic at Hanging Rock. If you haven't read it, if you haven't got it, go get it. Enjoy it. It is timeless. Margaret Madden, we leave it there for today. Finally, just before you go, the question which Irish city was Phil Coulter born in? That's the question for the books today. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Good luck with your trip to the States. Oh, thank you. Oh, big excitement. Really excited. Will you tell us when you come back? I will. You will. Brilliant. Margaret Madden, thanks a million. Oh, the next hour or so, I'm joined on Late Lunch by Kira Burke, Betty Clark and Carmel McCarthy. They are women with opinions. Girls, you're all very welcome back to the show this Friday afternoon. I'm just going to show you a newspaper headline from today's Irish Daily Mirror. Driver fainted at 39 dead in Lurry. Oh, my word. What do you make of this story, Carmel? I think the sadness of it you know we as kind of we've been i suppose tied up in in so many bits of news during the week but the sadness and the poignancy of that hit me and like I was probably given out because my hall stairs and landing needs painting and suddenly I was saying no hold on you that's first world problems when you think of those people and how they felt as they were dying in the back of that container. Like, we can surmise on what actually happened and we won't know until the investigations come out. But, I mean, first of all, they'd have paid their money to Mm. get out of China. Big money. Big money. Big money. So the people behind it don't care. They got their money. And these misfortunate people were obviously transported so far it appears they got as far as Bulgaria and then they were put into another container. Now these refrigerated trucks, they're they're meant to do their job so to keep the likes of meat and that refrigerated now I don't know whether someone accidentally pressed a button and turned on the refrigeration Mm. when it shouldn't have happened. However, you know, put yourself in the position of those poor people. Mm. And, you know, I know that what has been said is this lad, 25 year old, has been arrested. You know, the police have to hold on to him, let's face it, because he's their only, only, it's the only hope of them getting some information, perhaps. But I was thinking, I have a 25 year old son, like, I was putting me or him in that position. Someone as young as that, you're discovering this yes. and the impact. I mean, the the horrendous impact that will have on him. You know, it's it just it doesn't bear thinking about. It's shocking. About. I'm just thinking, Betty. You know, like these people have peddled a dream that they can come to England or the United Kingdom and the the streets are paved with gold and you're going to have a greater life. And the other thing is that eventually you're going to be, you know, made legal there. 
It's lies, yeah, isn't it? It's, it's lies. It's terrible. I heard on Channel 4 News or something, it was 15,000 per person. That kind of money. Like, it's mm. huge money we're talking here. That whole business, if you want to put it, people trafficking. And then the Chinese government are sort of denying that they mightn't be even Chinese because you're not supposed to want to leave the, the communist state. You wouldn't want to leave it. It's so wonderful. Yes. So there's all kinds of bureaucracy taken over. But when you put it on a human level, imagine how bad their lives must have been that they actually would go into um, a cage like, and, and just hope for the best. Uh, yes. Probably you weren't told much. Just, you know, this, you just go, got that far and then the next bit is the lorry and you're almost in England. That's a very good point. Yeah. You know, you know, how, how, you know what were their circumstances oh, yeah, to drive them? And they've, you know. nev- they've never, I don't believe they'd ever um, escape personally I'd say when they get to, to England um, they work in, in restaurants and, and they have to pay off the debt and I heard somebody else say on some other programme that this is only a tip this has happened it's huge because there's 39 but quite often there might be one or two bodies along the way and they're just dumped at sea you don't hear you about never it hear of them Jerry, and, and, you know? and I think it was 15 or 20 years ago there was 58 I remember 58 on that occasion yeah. found alive at, at a UK port and there was outcry about it at that, that stage this it, it it's not possible to stop this Kira is it ever um i don't think so i think there's crime gangs all over the world um making money from people's tragedy and misfortune i think in order to get into a refrigerated uh, truck in the first place must be you know your your life must be either very threatened or um completely miserable to even contemplate that whole thing but i was listening to a syrian guy who survived a refrigerated truck the other day he was interviewed and he had been in a refrigerated truck for four hours and he said that um, he like he was on the verge of pneumonia when 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 he got out but they did get out and he did survive but he said that the 24 year old him if he had thought about that now or you know he's 28 now and if he had thought about that he never would have done it. But because he was in a war-torn Syria and there was bombs and, you know, Mm. explosions left, right and centre, he didn't really see any other out. And he was one of the lucky ones. Mm. You know, he was one of the lucky ones that got got there and survived. So there there is a story being peddled to these people and um, I just I just feel so sorry for anyone. And let me tell you, we are all... um, paying for their misfortune as well because there are nail bars and restaurants around this country who are using these poor people to do our nails and to do our um, false tan and whatever we get done on a daily basis Um, and that is where I'm not saying them all, but I'm saying that there is a huge and and, and there was a guy on this morning saying that this this is where these um, trafficked people are in prostitution. So, so there's people here in business exploiting p- people who've yes. come into this country yeah. as as well, and probably putting them up in in you know a one room place with their you know ten people per flat uh, per flat and you know mm, in, in mm. desperate conditions. So like like let's not be you know. 
uh, whiter than white. And exactly. I'm, going, I'm going to come on to that in a moment. Just one last thing on that. I did hear an expert from China talking about it and he was saying that they do peddle this thing that you, when you get there, there'll be an amnesty. And they expected an amnesty when a royal wedding happened. Never happens, as he told them. Or, you know, a change of government or something like that. It's just lies they're being told. Tying in with what you're saying there, Ireland being whiter than white. Uh, we're all familiar with what happened in Uchtarad recently. Don't want direct provision. They're not the first place in Ireland not to want it. Uh, Balnamore and Leitrim is in, in the news as well. Um, do we not want anybody to come to Ireland anymore? Or do we not, you know, we're supposed to be the island of welcomes and we've said we'll take so many refugees. Is, is that just loose talk? Well, I think... <clears throat> I certainly think a lot of people are afraid of refugees coming into the into the into the country. They they're afraid of what they don't know. They're afraid of a culture they don't know. They're afraid of just the unknown. Um, I think ghettoizing these people is probably the worst thing we could possibly do because you know. And most of them are, are, well, the majority are young men that come to the country and they're all in one one space, not allowed to work um, with huge amounts of young male energy. And, you know, like I can't blame some of them for getting into trouble or, you know, if that if that if they were dispersed and possibly sponsored by a family or sponsored by, you know, like every, most people would have a spare room in their house or whatever. If you could sponsor someone like that and maybe send them on would their way. Would you take someone in to your house? Would you would you would you like to have somebody from a from another country in your house in a room? I think I wouldn't mind you. You wouldn't mind. But but you're saying to, uh, over the years my family have taken more waves and strays that Okay. Okay. So Fair it would enough. be it would be, wouldn't be something that I would be completely unused yeah. to. But I hear what you're saying putting a large number into a small town with no work, no facilities all together is not the way to go. I don't think so. Betty, what way should we go? Well, I don't know. I suppose some we can't have open borders, Jerry. We just can't. Um, it's bad enough people from the EU just coming over and setting up. And you know, Germany made a huge mistake. They took a million, a million uh, people, and now they're having terrible social problems in France. There's ghettos there. You know, I mean, it's not just as simple. We all have sympathy. It's terrible to be in war torn, but you can't just have an open door policy. As it is, there's ten thousand Irish people with no homes, living living in in one bedroomed um, hotel rooms with maybe three children, nowhere to cook, chaps dying in Cork who are alcoholics and in a tent being burned last week. So we've an awful lot of problems ourselves without saying, sure God, we're, we're an island of wonderful, we're wonderful people. Mm. Not We're all great at saying it, but would you like them to be living next door to you? Would you like like a little country place like that where there is nothing for those people, for these people to do? They're not being rehoused. Where, where does it, where does Leo Varadka live? Castle Knock? There's not a lot of them going in there or out in leafy suburbs. Or, you know, really, that's the, the bottom mm. line is look after your own a bit more okay my, Carmel. My, yeah i just feel that we have to we have to have a better filtration system uh, as uh, we bring people in it's not a case of herding them in and dumping them in a corner and say we've done our bit it's not working there was a lady uh, i think she may have been in in Uktarard. uh she was um she, she was a nigerian lady who's been living here a while and she said i'm against it this is not going to work because the model is not working the model has to be re-looked at and to see what 
might work. Now, it means going back to the drawing board, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, let's leave that one there. Heading to a short break on late lunch. Back with the girls in a moment. Do you remember the saying? Oh, it's often been trotted out in this neck of the woods, especially if you're in a border county. Vote early and vote often. Well, the boys and girls in Dáil Éireann <laughs> have taken it literally. We're going to be talking about it next. It's the new mantra in Leinster House. Vote early and vote often. Betty, what about the boys and girls? in the doll this week and the revelations. Does it not just go to show that they're just in a world of their own up there, Jerry? They really are. They're completely out of touch with the real world. They can do what they want. They really can. Like, I don't think anyone has resigned, have they? Like, they're they just... Apo- like, they they did apologise. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. yeah. I suppose they techni- technically it can happen, can it? But I, I, nothing would surprise me up there. Honest to God, I, I, I just think that everyone goes in there with the best of intentions and then it just... it's a, it, They're like a little bubble in knee, knee-high... Uh, carpet, you know the depth, the the quality, and the best, and the best of food. I was in the doll once. I would, I got up to someone was leaving, and I got in to see it. And so the bar there was fellas from little with hats from Kerry in one corner. They were doing that. We, we had, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I Silver hope you're not service, to and, any family and there then another particular. one, Minister of Transport, came in, and he was organising. Someone was leaving from his department. It was just, and then all of a sudden a bell would ring, and they were pretending to run. And oh, that's uh, what might have happened. Oh Confusion. You see when the they were bells, running and yeah, hit the wrong the buzzer or something. Yeah. Quasimodo, is it the mm, bells, the bells? The bells, the bells. <laughs> for whom the bell tolls, Kira Burke? It tolls um, Jerry, for thee. I have um, a little shed that I've been trying to rent out for a while, right? And I'm going to rent my space for all these voting machines when they're gone. And uh, Because, you know, the other voting machines... Oh, yes. Yes, and they have been in rented space since, since the very day. So I think that this is a new opportunity for me and I'm going to uh, send in a letter to say that I have a space for... <laughs> to rent storage. those machines. storage yeah. because it just cost them another few I can tell you a little thousand. update on that yes there was a massive amount of money paid on rent to store those do you remember the e-voting yeah. yes. for the elections yeah. they've since been bought by somebody for a nominal sum and uh, broken up I think for scrap yeah. but you want to buy the machines I from think the doll now it's not gonna, they're not going to be they're going to be null and void I'd do say, you think so well, I'd say we'll be going back to the pen and paper from now on. Really? Camel pen and paper? I think it's a possibility. In the UK, they break them up into, into they the divide. lobby groups. Yes. They divide. Yes. I mean, f- um, the the thing about it was, uh, was Liz Chambers said that, you know, she'd often be there talking to somebody and she'd shout over, oh, hit my button, you know, there. And I'm going... Oh, I heard that hey, look, before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I said that many a time. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and look where it got you, Betty. <laughs> <laughs> my button. So you won't. Yeah, she literally would do that. So she's not. She's not even concentrating on what. Yeah, absolutely. Not even concentrating on what the questions are or what she's voting on. You know, but that's really it. No, I think we could be going back to the old-fashioned way of pen and paper. They are looking at the uh, systems that work in other parliaments. But, now yeah. that's uh, to me a smoke screen has been thrown up over it. You know, the eyes uh, to the yeah. right. The eyes have it, the eyes have it. Yes, but you see, that works and it's simple. If you want to join in the conversation, just want to remind listeners today, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text if you have anything to say about what we are talking about with women with opinions this afternoon. I was just thinking of a song there, Betty, when you were telling us about your own button being pushed a few times. Uh, Ring my bell. Do you remember that song? You can ring my bell. Yeah. 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 God be with the a, days, yeah, yeah, I remember that at the top yeah. of the pops. <laughs> anyway, 
watch this space to see what happens. Will they revert? Will it be the pen and paper? Will it be the division? Or will it just be forgotten about in a few weeks? My money's on it being forgotten about, to be honest with you. Let's move on. Um... You know this series of uh, that runs on UK television, Britain's Biggest Family. And have you heard this week? You heard the news, did yes, you? Yes, yes. Um, about another baby being expected in that family. What is it now? 22, is it? 23? I think, uh, no, are they coming up in 22? Is that it? Hold on, yes. I have it here. I have it here. I'll tell you exactly. Um they have 21. This will be child number 22, 22 for Noel and Sue Radford. Oh she God. was first pregnant 30 years ago. Oh, good Lord. Well, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to set up a GoFundMe page to buy them a telly because obviously they haven't got one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, I mean, where are they at? I mean, she's just a machine, you know, churning them out. And how do you possibly parent each one of those. I mean, she's probably expecting the older ones to parent the younger ones. You know, so it's... Well, that's what happened in this country with big well, families years ago, didn't it? I suppose it did, yeah. Maybe yeah. it didn't do any harm. But you'd love to... I don't know. I To me... I just find it uh, difficult to uh, digest, for want of a better term. But I believe they're, they're, they have a bakery. They do. Yeah, they yeah. have their own bakery. Oh, need, I think maybe they should have a village. Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, like, there's that many of them. Look, I'm being facetious saying that. Uh, 22, it's some size of a family. Is it just that, you know, where the uh, one-child family philosophy today are two children, gentlemen's family and, and well, anything? If, if people have four children now, they have a big family, haven't they? Four, yeah. if they go from the, the boy and the girl, they might have a third and maybe a fourth is big. But I'm thinking that Harry and Meghan have decided they're only going to have two children, consciously, for the environment. All joking aside, these women, these, these, this couple on 22 children, they're not really thinking about the environment, the world. You know, there are enough people in, in, on the planet. You know, they're not being very eco warriors, are yes. they? I mean, all joking aside, you know, how do you, how, what about jobs? What about housing? What about? But, but has anyone a right to tell you enough is enough? Is that your own decision? Your free will in, in a free society? You're, you know, you can have as many as you want. Would you object to that, or is I that think, is that fair comment? The one. But sure, they're making money out of this, aren't they? Or Britain's biggest family? Should they, have, they probably have their own TV show? Do they, they have. That's yeah, why. So they... that's their that's their income. So they need to be producing. You know, they'll probably get the next generations. Do they have? I'm sure they have grandkids at this age. Well, if I can the, tell you, the first child was born in May 1989 when Mrs. Radford was 14. Um, They've had 11 boys and 10 girls uh, and they had a stillborn baby, a little fella called Alfie in 2014. Um, They think this is a boy and uh, just uh, you talked about the bakery, they get through 100 pints of milk and 14 loaves of bread every week. What age is she, do you know, Jerry? Is she 45 or she something? She is 44 now. Oh, and right. But it's very sad for yet. some people who can't have any kids. Mm. And then this one is having 22. Do you know Turning what I mean? Like, out, it's yeah. kind of turned them out, but it's it's just the inequality of it all. But, I mean, they're, they've created their own um, income, like with their TV show and all that kind of stuff. So I suppose they have to perpetuate it, do you know? I could think of better ways to uh, earn a living than to be churning out babies every right, year. Yeah, but they love them. They they, they absolutely do. love doing this. They do. I, mean, I've seen, I, I saw them when yeah. they had 15. Mm. I, I, I take it he doesn't work. Uh, well, you, a bakery, I think. Yeah, oh, is I don't it? think oh, they oh. take any social welfare. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah, because yeah. I've seen that. There's okay. a whole programme on, on Channel 5 or yeah. some of them. Oh, I thought the bakery then, was just to produce no, the bread no, for no, themselves. 
themselves. Nicely, no, oh, they, right. they, don't, okay. they don't take any, any enough workers, any, 22 yeah. kids to yeah. work in the bakeries. Yeah. They yeah. don't have much. So there you are. That's yeah. the latest news from the family. Mm. Um, more comments coming to us. I wonder how much children's allowance says a listener does she get will she get the requisite get the allowance yeah. whatever it is in the UK it's less than it is in Ireland I can tell you that I know that for sure talking about the voting in the doll a listener says oh the same company must have made them that built the millennium clock that was put into the <laughs> Livy do you remember the what was he yeah. called the, something in, time yeah. in the slime yeah the time in the slime. yeah and yeah. it went off it didn't work actually well, it, it, it actually went faulty uh, it never saw the millennium they had to lift it out of, uh, well, sure, of, uh, what'd you call it do you remember the floozy in the jacuzzi yeah. uh, she's in stores somewhere yeah because she was the subject of a lot of vandalism and anti-social behaviour yeah. that's oh. why yeah, she was yeah but it was, was very moved. sad I was watching a programme one night and she was in some storage unit in Lucan or somewhere like that mm. I was like god here she I is she, uh, remember the, the, she on the, the top of O'Connell Street oh, yes. Yes, yes the floozy yes, in the jacuzzi yes, was yes. there is right now let's talk uh, about Bishop uh, Alphonsus Cullinan he's the Catholic Bishop of Waterford and Liz more and Carmel he just said that yoga is not suitable for a parish school and this mindfulness thing well don't get him started on that one Fonzie doesn't want them he doesn't like them don't get, let me get started on him I mean that is just nonsense and that's the only way I can call it um, I really don't know where he's coming from because I tell you why Jerry. I over a number of years have um, like I do some uh, meditation, mindfulness and that and uh, there was I remember being with one meditation group a number of years ago down in Dublin and there was a guy over from Trinidad uh, a guru and in the group were a number of priests and a number of nuns and I remember one guy was, he was head of one of the, the orders and I said to him afterwards well how did you enjoy that meditation he says it was fantastic. He said it brings you right down and you just focus, centre yourself and focus on what's important. And I remember saying to um, to the, the Guru Vasudeva, saying to him, do you know what I find is really good on this? I said, when I do go to Mass, I said, I can actually find myself being more conscious around the time of the consecration and that and this guy now would be very much leaning towards probably uh, Buddhism and he said that is absolutely wonderful that's what we want he said do you know that in scripture it says be still and know that I am God so I would like Fancy or Bishop Fancy to just think about that. We're asking children to be still, so maybe they'll find the God in themselves and perhaps in others. Very well said. And you know, you remind me, I remember a wee nun, and she was based, I think, in North Loud somewhere, and she came to me many years ago, yeah. before this was all cool, you know, yeah, mindless. Yeah. And she told me she practiced it all yeah. her life and yeah. it made such a difference yeah. to her. Mindfulness, yoga, Kira, any issue with it? Do you think no, the bishop think, is off kilter I think, here? I think he just, like, I'd be a Catholic, I'd be into, I'd love I, I'd love to be into yoga, I just haven't, I haven't broached Wrote that with my, in my life just yet, but it's, it's on my agenda and um, mindfulness as well. But like, this fella is just giving all of us Catholics um, a bad name. Like, you know, like everyone, if you turn everyone to the same brush, oh, Catholics don't like yoga or whatever. And that's rubbish. I mean, this guy is, should be just taken down a peg or two by Pope Francis and taken off his block because he is like, this is rubbish. And it's, I think every, all Catholics and all religions should be open to 
learning from other other um, yes. ways of meditating. Betty, do you meditate? Is yoga your kettle oh, of fish? That's, that's why I'm so young and beautiful <laughs> and supple. And <laughs> yes, now the secret is out, Jerry. No, no, the the bishop is right to a degree. I'll tell you why, Jerry. I, I've studied yoga before in the past, and yoga means union with life. It's not jigging around the post exercises. That's part of what it really is about centering yourself and getting in touch with the spirit within and that follows on then to mindfulness and taking control of your mind your thoughts your racing thoughts to come back to the moment and to feel the energy within but that all goes back to eastern uh, buddhism hinduism it really is does it all stem from that the the chakras so catholicism is a different thing and this bishop whoever he is is right in that respect uh, he is right because when you go towards yoga and mindfulness, you're taking control yourself rather than handing it over to the Catholic Church to be brainwashed whatever way they tell you. Honestly, no, I'm not, I'm not joking saying that. You see, in, my, in mindfulness, you're taking control yourself. You're talking to your own spirit rather than just saying... Uh, over to the handing it over to the to the. So let me church. clarify one thing. You like yoga and mindfulness, and what you're saying is that the Catholic Church see it as a threat to Absolutely. their That's beliefs exact- and philosophy. That's exactly. That. Let's leave it there for a second. Have to take a break uh, on late lunch this afternoon. The girls are staying with me: Kira Burke, Betty Clark, and Carmel McCarthy. Oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight. WhatsApp or text us your comments. Yes, Women with Opinions on Late Lunch this afternoon. Let's read some of your comments. What about the 75-year-old, Jerry, who had the IVF and the baby recently? Sure, that woman won't live long at all to see that child grow up. You are so right. Uh, Ella says it's really uh, family planning that family needs with uh, 22 children, 21, 22 on the way. Another one typical of this country. Welcome, everyone. We look good to the outside world. Great if you have a plan, but whether it's building estates with no schools, shops or transport systems. In my opinion, Jerry, we're no further on than the 60s on voting when Nigel Collins intervened in a prosecution in 2014. He pleaded inexperience, said new TDs should get some education on doll etiquette. Obviously, they're not other slow learners, says a listener today. Um, that bishop should do yoga. It'd be a great help to him and his colleagues in the clergy, says another listener. Who is that woman using the words churning them out when she's talking about the couple and the large family. Each baby is a gift from God no matter how many is in your family. So who is she to say how many children a couple should have? Thank you, Geraldine, for that comment this afternoon. We note what you have to say and we welcome all points of view. Listen, what about this... uh Lady Mariek Vervoort, the uh, Olympian, who this week took her own life through euthanasia at the age of 40. Betty, what's your view on euthanasia? Well, the poor woman must have been in a terrible state, pain-wise, you know, to actually have have the courage to do that, if you want to put it like that. I'm afraid of euthanasia. If it comes in, you get to a certain age, Jerry, and that they, you're just knocked off, you're bumped off because you're like, you're 69, so look at you, you're kind of past it. You know, you get to a point in society where, listen, they'll only cost the state so much, they're going to get sick at this point and, you know, it becomes more mainstream and I, I don't personally think it's good for that. At 40 to, to decide you you want to die, she must have had great courage, I think, and yet been in an awful lot of pain to go to that position. Do you understand what she did? You know, do you understand that why she did it? And, you know, people would say that morally 
you should not take your own you shouldn't take anybody's life no. one person or another yeah. but you shouldn't really take your own life of course oh, you're talking about euthanasia yeah, yeah. in general yes. well I've watched programmes Jerry, where people go to Switzerland yes. and you take the some, they give you the stuff to take and I've mm. watched all that and I don't know I don't agree with euthanasia personally but that's alright for me to say because my legs work and my hands are okay and I'm not in severe horrible pain yes. so it's great for everybody to say that until it maybe hits you and you say if you're if you're an independent person and I'm one of those right and I've looked after myself all my life so suddenly you get a disease or you get some complaint that you're going to have other people looking after you washing you to take care of you I don't I don't know how how um, I could cope with that. Yes, or how you'd react. So I don't know. I couldn't for certain say, not, well, you know, it's too late now, I'm over 40. But you know what I'm saying? They must be in a terrible position to come to that decision. That's what I, because if not, you just commit suicide. Yes, you you feel she was brave and to make that decision. Carmen. Well, the thing is, euthanasia, I'm against it myself, you know, on moral grounds. And like, as as Betty pointed out, you know, suddenly uh, you we could come to the point where we're saying, well, you know, they're well past it. Sure, maybe they should uh, get, take something, you know, to just go on their merry way. And, you know, we can become flippant about things and accepting of a certain, uh, certain, I suppose, standards in society. And I'd be be afraid it would become a standard. Now, I then look at this poor girl and my heart goes out to her to think that she was, and I believe reading about her, she was in very bad pain. Mm. And she, as I say, had a degenerative muscular disease to have come to, the point of taking her own life due to that because no matter what way we flower it up it still is taking your own life and you know call it euthanasia call it suicide call it it's tomato tomato as far as I'm concerned she took her own life I'm totally against it but I completely understand where someone might be, you know, at that point in their life yes. where they can't take no more. Kira, there are so many people desperate to live. We see it every yes. day. They go to extremes to try and get cutting edge treatments to try some new drug or whatever to stay alive. You know, that's the other side of this. Yeah, well, I mean, I look at this woman and as a Paralympian in 2000, she was in the 2020, no, the 2016 and the 2012 Olympics. And I mean, for someone to compete in something like that, it, it, you know, it's huge work, it's huge um, sacrifice, whatever. So, you know, she was she she lived life to the full, obviously, in mm. her in her even in her. Um, yes, yeah, she won in London in 2012 and Rio 2016. I don't know what her 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 um, paralysis is for the or, you know, what it was that she was in. The well, she had constant pain, seizures and paralysis in her legs and severely limited in her ability to sleep. This was this is going all the way along yes, her life. Yes, and it has got progressively so it has, worse. If it has got progressively worse, I mean, none of us know what it's what it's like to have, um, you know, mental health issues, um, physical issues to the tune where you would consider this. Mm. So I actually would be sitting on the fence in terms of my judgment of this woman because 
I don't know where she is in her... Yes, you know. okay, okay. More comments from listeners today, just for you. Jerry. what's the difference between euthanasia and refusing chemo when your specialist tells you it's your only hope? Mm-hmm. Let us think about that for a moment. Those Votegate TDs, says Jerry McNally, they make my blood boil, swanning around Leinster House as if they own it. They should get what they deserve at the next election. Outgate, you're right, Jerry. You have the power, and the people have the power as well. Um, just on that one, like it's you have a right to refuse chemotherapy, and that's your personal right as well. And some people do; they just do. I'll just say that in a general comment. Mm-hmm. Euthanasia is a bit different thing. You know, you make a decision to end your own life. There's an intervention. You're given something. If you refuse chemotherapy, your illness will continue, and you will die. You know, without. And I know what you're saying there. But look, thank you indeed for that comment. Do appreciate it. Let's move on. How many days are left to the thirty? Is it the thirty-first of October? Halloween is the thirty-first of October. Do you remember Halloween from your youths when you were grown up? Carmel, come on. Oh, God, yeah, I remember it. And, you know, you were you were dressed up in all sorts of bits and bobs that your mother, uh, you know, pulled out of the, the back of the press. You know, was mother running out to buy me a costume? No. And then you could be you could be gone out the road and something belonged to your brother because you could have been dressed up as a farmer or something like that. And you still knocked at the doors. And I still recall... Uh, we were living in Arklow at the time and there was this French family there and we knocked on the door and obviously it was alien to them. Well, the uh, the man of the house came out and he ate us. He goes, you kids again, go away. He obviously didn't immerse himself in the culture. But we, uh, I remember us walking into the town and having to go by the graveyard. Sure, we were convinced that there was ghosts and everything ghouls. coming. Ghouls and everything yeah. coming out of there. We ran by there. You know, now, mother wasn't coming around like walking the roads with us. Went out and we did it ourselves. You did, it just, did you sing yeah. for your money? Uh, no, I didn't. No, did we didn't. Not? No, Betty, no. do you remember? I remember uh, being from Drogheda. We used to dress up like Carmela saying, yeah. we used to go to a house and we had to sing. Had to we sing, just didn't yeah, say trick yeah. or treat. No, you had, had to, to sing. sing yeah, song. you had to sing. And they, yeah. didn't, they didn't give us fruit. We always got a few coppers or something um, yeah, for singing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I remember just at the time they used to put on um, uh, Dracula, Vincent Price and Dracula and he'd be, and I would be t- black and white and my granny would, a lot of mercy, would come over and be, baby set us and we'd be terrified Vincent Price and somebody else I think there was somebody Boris Carlos. Yeah. yeah and then you'd go to bed at night you'd be checking it under the bed and in wardrobes <laughs> and everything I not nightmares did you dress up did you go oh, I did and then yeah. the apples you know the, the apples apple swinging from, yeah. the, from the from the Duncan did you dunk- get your head yeah, into the yeah, basin the water, of water yeah, Carmen yeah. said she nearly tro- choked on a yeah. trump and she was telling us there I, a minute I ago. thought it was just black plastic bags we probably That's just you know, honestly a bit of a bit of surf but then we were the poor but we weren't running to Marks and Spencers and buying beautiful new no. outfits of Tesco. No. Kira, no. tell us about the brack. You were talking about the brack there. Yeah, I remember. Um, I was just asking the girls earlier on. Um, I remember a brack that you used to get, and there was a twig, a rag, a pea, 
What else was there? A, a, a ring. A coin. A, yeah, a coin. coin. If you got the coin, you were going to be rich. If you got the ring, you were going to get married. Get married. If you got the twig, someone's going to beat, beat you. If you weren't, you were going to be beaten as you're. Uh, oh, right. yeah. No, that was the stick to beat you. A so stick you to were, beat weren't you. going to have a very happy marriage. And then I the think pee. if you got the P, yeah. what was that? Uh, wait till I see. I'm you, trying to P, check. P, you weren't going out. to get married this year anyway. Oh yeah, the P, you weren't going to. Get and then yeah. if you got the rag, you were going to be Go poor. Poor. Yeah. So I remember like wanting to. The, like you didn't want to get any of the other. You, you just wanted the, the ring. ring or the money. You'd That's be, all you wanted. You'd be poking holes in the I'd be branch. slagging. I'd be slagging my sisters, and I'd be like, "Oh, look at you! You're going to be beaten up." And Eamon you know. Doyle is producing today, and he's just after saying into my headset, Kira Bork. He'd like to see that size of a brack that you are talking about there, with all well, that no, stuff that was um, in it. Well, yeah, it would have been, it would have been homemade brack now. Yeah. You know, Do you know something been, I'm thinking? Imagine today with health and safety. Oh, you couldn't. Yeah. Someone would choke. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, but having said mad, that, though, the rings they were great. Are crack. still in the. <laughs> yeah, they are still yeah. in there in the brack today, but which is amazing. You know to look yeah. out for it. Yeah. You know yeah. to look out for it. But I think all of those things. I think it's lovely to have though. And then we used to have Colcannon for dinner. So the Colcannon we. I mean, mother would put. Um, she'd wrap up pennies into the. Um, yeah. It was just cabbage and. Oh yeah, in, in but it was it was ghosts, and you didn't oh, yeah. near the graveyard or anything, Jerry. Mm. Like it really was very bonfires. Spooky. Yeah, we were living oh, on a farm, oh, so my dad used yeah. to have a major clear out every year. Sean had a, yeah, a bonfire. To, when my Toxic son was stuff. small, I used to bring him around all of Drogheda, uh, massive ones all over the town. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, uh, yeah. there was one near us when I was bringing the the girls up when I was rearing them, and we'd all go there and like yeah, it. It yeah. was, but there was always fun at it. You yeah, know? Yes. never any danger. No, anyway, I. I rarely talk to you all about sport, but were you sad with the Rugby World Cup yeah. exit and Rory yeah. Best crying when he retired and Joe is gone? And Yeah, I was. And But do you know what? When I reflected on it, I just felt that from a team morale perspective, knowing that they were going to lose, you know, uh, we say the skipping, uh, skipper and, and and the the engine man, you know, I and that's what I felt that they were losing. I think for morale, that was poor, but there was no other way for either of them to deliver their message, but mm. just to, because in order to prepare, we say, for, for next year for the, the, um, Six uh, the Six Nations. But I, I thought it was a very poignant day and like I felt sorry for Schmidt. He has brought so much to rugby here in Ireland, mm. not just for now, but for future generations. Yeah. Remember, he's a Kiwi. There, it's grassroots stuff with the Kiwis. Ah, uh, you see, yeah. she has an interest. Yeah, you better it. declare She's your hand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Isn't, isn't, isn't your seed and breed living down there, yeah. aren't you? And, yeah, yeah. and she'll yeah. see you soon. Yeah. Those New Zealand guys seem to be out on the. They're like machines, mm. aren't they, Jerry? Now mm. I see them doing this. A hacker, you hacka. call it. Hey, yeah. Betty, would they push your button? Oh my God! Oh, well, guys, can I just oh, say, like, look at the population of Ireland, right? <laughs> yeah. Population of Ireland, and our main game is GAA. Yeah. Then our second game is soccer. And then our third game is rugby. rugby. And I know it's the first game in some certain circles, right? Yeah. But I think we really uh, punch way above our weight. Yes. And I think there was smoke blown up everyone's ass for this World Cup. <laughs> that we were, and, and we were told we were number one going into it. And then we yeah. lost against yeah. Japan. Yeah. And then yeah. the heat ah, was but getting Ah, but Kira, hold on, I tell you. You can t- be number one when they're playing friendlies and doing yeah. exactly. a little bit tricky like that. But we that. don't do well in these big games. But the New Zealanders oh, are yeah, cute. They, 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 they have the mental ability. They have the mental ability. And also, when you think from the time they can walk, they're handed a rugby. 
be bald. Mm. It doesn't happen here. We give them a, a come on and schlither here. You yes. know, which is just it's grassroots yeah, stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Too, Last word to Jerry. If people are in pain, they should have a right to die. That woman was in serious pain. I love the girls every month on the show, Jerry. Thank you indeed for that uh, this Thank afternoon. You. Anyway, we we'll leave it there. Thanks so much again to women who always have an opinion. To Kira Burke, Betty Clark, and Cameron McCarthy. Thanks Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. Just reminding you again that all 10 journey tickets on Matthews.ie coaches will now be issued exclusively on the Leap card. There's no problem if you're looking to buy a single journey tickets or return tickets they're still of the paper version but 10 journeys now on the Leap card. Find out more at matthews.ie and I have two Leap cards loaded with 10 trips on them to give away on late lunch today. The question was the wheels on the bus go Round and round is what I was looking for. And the leap cards today going to Stella O'Byrne and Michelle Morin. Well done to both of you and thank you to everybody who entered on WhatsApp or text. And our book club books today. Yeah, the six wonderful books up for grabs. I had a job holding on to these for you. I'll tell you, Margaret Madden wanted them. The girls wanted them as well. Eamon Doyle was in here throwing his commander over them. But I have the six books put aside for you. And they're going to Navin today to Martina Corbley because she answered correctly. Directly, Phil Coulter was born in Derry City. And thank you all again for entering. We'll have another book pack to give away next month on Book Club. Time for sport on late lunch this afternoon. There's only one man for us. It's Leon Blanche, communications manager of Boyle Sports. He's on the line. Afternoon, Leon. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. It's the final night, almost, of League of Ireland action. Let's start in Drogheda. Drogheda, Cabin Teeley, the playoff. If they win, Cabin Teeley or Drogheda, they'll play Finn Harps for a place in the Premier Division. Those games set for next week. What about this match? 1-1 from the first leg, Leon. Yeah, lucky, Jerry. We got it right last week. Uh, we said it would be probably a score draw, and I think Drogheda will be will be content uh, with that scoreline. Uh, 1-1 against Cabin Teeley. They're back at home tonight. And again, there's no surprise to see that Drogheda, who have had a very, very solid home record all season, they are slightly a bit worse off than even money. They're 20-23. to 23. Cabin Teeley at 3-1 to one for the victory, and the draw here is 23-10. to 10. As I said, I think Drogheda, they will be content with that uh, score draw in the first leg away from home. They're back at home tonight. And I do expect them, Jerry, to be able to beat Cabin Teeley. I don't know what the weather is going to be like. I know it's raining at the moment, but hopefully that doesn't infringe upon the performance too much. But I do think Drogheda, with a good crowd at home, get behind them and put them into that playoff, which will hopefully see them back up in the Premier Division next season. Now, Dundalk, lap of honour tonight for the Lily Whites. They're getting the trophy. Uh, they've been trying out new things. I was talking to Vinnie Pert earlier on today with the formations. Results have gone against them. Pats the visitors tonight and an old boy in charge there, still with a, a sniff of Europe. What do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, look, it's great to see uh, Stevie O'Donnell. Of course, he was a magnificent servant uh, to Dundalk Football Club and it's brilliant to see him now um, having finished his playing career He's gone on to manage a big club in St. Patrick's Athletic. And as you rightly say, Jerry, they are still hoping for European football. So that will give them a lot to play for this evening. And Dundalk, I think the only thing you can say about Dundalk at the moment is they're hoping and keeping all their fingers crossed that they will have a full squad of players to choose from in the big game, of course, and that is against Shamrock Rovers on Sunday week. The Dundalk are favourites at 8-13. St. Pat's are 4-1. to 
and the draw here is three to one. Pats, they have kept possession quite well, but they don't score enough goals. I'm sure Stevie O'Donnell will be looking for a striker in the off season. But Dundalk would like to go into the cup final with a victory, and all eyes will be dependent upon who Vinnie Pert puts in his first eleven. If he puts out a really strong first eleven, I do expect the Lily Whites to beat St. Pat's at home. And finish the season in style. Now let's flit to the Premier League across the water and there's one game stands out this weekend. Liverpool held by United last week to a draw. Tottenham, well, what a win they had in Europe during the week. How do you call this one? Yeah, look, Spurs got back to winning ways, didn't they? And that was, I think that was their first win in four or five matches. They needed that. They needed a bit of confidence um, going to play Liverpool at Anfield because we all know how good Liverpool's home record is. It's unbelievable how well Jurgen Klopp has done in Anfield. He's really, really turned that into a fortress. In the corresponding fixture in the Premier League last season, Liverpool were quite fortuitous to come away with that victory. It was a terrible mistake by Hugo Lloris, uh, which actually afforded Liverpool the three points. But Liverpool, they drew with Man United. They were very lacklustre at Old Trafford. I, I think you've got to give United a bit of credit in terms of how they set up with the two wing-backs they certainly kept Trent Alexander and Andy Robertson. They spent more time defending than they did attacking. However, Robertson got up the line and crossed the ball in for Lallana to get that late equaliser. But Liverpool, they were very good in the second half in the Champions League. I thought Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is finally getting his fitness back. He scored two fantastic goals. He's pushing for a start. And Mo Salah, in his first game back after missing the game against United, he took his goal exceptionally well. So Liverpool, 8-15, to Spurs are as big as five to one, and the draw is a hundred to thirty. For anyone who likes the first goal scorer market, I'm one of those. Salah and Mane are joint favourites at seven to two. Firmino and Harry Kane are both five to one. But for me, Jerry, I think Liverpool at home they should get back to winning ways. Now we've a minute to spare, so can you do it in a minute? New Zealand, England, Wales, South Africa in the Rugby World Cup semi-finals, Leon. Well, look, Ireland were dreadful last weekend, so it's hard to read into how good were New Zealand, but. They still tore Ireland asunder. England will put a more physical threat against the All Blacks. It's a seven-point handicap spread. England plus seven evens. New Zealand minus seven at even money. I'm going to tip up New Zealand to win between one and 12 points at six to four. And then Wales against the Springboks. I thought they were very good. South Africa against Japan. Their physicality really shone through. Wales are getting nine points in the handicap at even money. South Africa minus nine at evens. If I was having a little flutter, I think I'd go with Wales plus nine at evens. But I do feel, Jerry, this would be a repeat of their first pool game, New Zealand, to face South Africa in the World Cup final. Leon, as usual, thank you so much for joining us on the show. All the best, Jerry. Leon Blanche there, communications manager with Boyle Sports. Final break of the afternoon and week on late lunch. And afterwards, I have a very special appeal to make. Stay with us. On late lunch this Friday afternoon, we're going to finish the show and finish the week with a big appeal to you, our late lunch and LMFM listeners. You will understand why we're asking you for your support yet again this afternoon. I'm joined on the line by Sheila Murphy and she's going to tell me about little Dara McNally. He's 11 years of age, he's from Dundalk and he's currently in Our Lady's Hospital in Crumlin. Sheila, thank you for joining me on the show today. No problem, Jerry. Uh, tell us a wee bit about uh, Dara. What's the situation with him at the moment? Dara is 11 years old. She's from Dundalk and he has a diagnosis of autism. 
just over a week ago, Dara was diagnosed with um, lymphoma. So he is in intensive care in Crumlin at the moment and he is undergoing treatment for this cancer. And it's come really out of the blue? Completely out of the blue. His parents um, were told that it's quite aggressive and that Dara has had it for no, for no more than five to six weeks when he was diagnosed. He's been away on a break recently and it was when he came back from that, was it, that this was discovered? Yeah, just after they returned from holidays. Went off his food and wasn't sleeping. His mum and dad brought him to the doctor and then subsequently to the hospital in Dada where he was transferred to Temple Street and then on to Crumlin. So his parents, Colleen and Paul, are really concerned and he has three other siblings as well. So it's a really tough time for the family. It is a very tough time for the family, for any family um, where there has been a child diagnosed with anything, um, especially cancer, is a very tough time. But for Dara especially, with his diagnosis of autism, it's um, it's extremely tough for the family and uh, challenging for them. He's a lovely little fella, isn't he? You've described him as just a, a real pet. Oh, absolutely. I met Dara back in... 2014 when I first started working with him. In the summer of 2014 I first carried out home-based July provision with Dara and I've worked with him every summer since then for the past six years. He's such a lively little boy and so much fun and just an amazing wee fella. He's famous as well because I'm just thinking back to 2017 here and we had great fun, I know, on late lunch about the nose of Tralee rather than the rose of Tralee. Of course, it was a a parody on the rose name, but a competition for dogs. And Dara had success there, hadn't he? Dara's dog, um, Lenny, who um, he got in 2006. I could be wrong, but I think it was 2016. Um, Lenny became part of the McNally family after a lot of fundraising by Dara's parents, uh, um, both Colleen and Paul. Um, And Lenny has been an absolute gem in Dara's life since then. And he won the nose of Tralee. He did indeed, yes. Which was fabulous for them, and I know they were all over the moon, uh, and especially the little man himself, Dara. So... It's a very, very serious situation. He's in Our Lady's Hospital in Crumlin and the family need as much support as they can get. And I know they're getting huge support from family, from the immediate Dundalk area and beyond. How can we help, Sheila? Sunday night I went to bed and Dara is such a special part of my life. I lay in bed wondering what I could do. I felt absolutely helpless since I was... Um, told by his mum, Colleen, when she phoned me the day he was diagnosed. I felt I needed to do something to be able to help Dara and to help his parents. And I was lying in bed on Sunday night and thought, what what can I do to help these people? They're absolutely amazing people. So I uh, thought about setting up the GoFundMe page and after talking to Colleen Dara's mum on Monday afternoon I decided to set up the page to try and help the family in any way possible for both um, Dara's treatment and any further um, needs they might have. So the GoFundMe page is Funds for Little Dara. You'll be able to find it there. 
just appealing to any listeners, if they can at all, to give anything, anything small and everything is much appreciated by his parents and also by myself. The response, money-wise, has been amazing. The response has been absolutely phenomenal. I set up the page on Monday evening and by the time I was going to bed on Monday night, it had almost reached 10,000. It's incredible and it's uh, gathered more money even since. Do you have a latest figure? The latest figure is over 17,000. Oh my, the generosity of people. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And just while I'm here, Jerry, I'd love to say thanks so much to everybody who has already donated and for anybody who can at all give anything. It won't go forgotten. Absolutely. You're helping a wonderful little boy, Dara McNally and his family. I'll repeat the GoFundMe uh, page again. It's funds for little Dara, D-A-R-A-G-H, and you can contribute there. And I know people are so generous and you're going to get another rush of support in behind the fund after this conversation on late lunch today. On Sunday morning in um, Kilcurley, so Dara's um, dad, Paul McNally, is originally from Kilcurley. So Paul's mum has organised um, a mass for Dara and for um, a special mass for to pray for Dara and for his recovery. So at 10 o'clock in the Church of the Immaculate Conception, Kilcurley, there will be mass. And everybody's welcome. Again, another... A great initiative in support of a wonderful family. If you can at all, folks, get behind this GoFundMe page. It's a very special one. And I want to say again, we wish Dara McNally, his mum and dad, his brother and sisters, all the very best at this time. We really are thinking of them. And well done to you, Sheila Murphy, on setting up the GoFundMe page. You're a great one. Thanks for joining Thanks us on the show. Thanks very much, Sherry. Thank you. Have a lovely weekend. That's a lot on late lunch for the week. See you back here Tuesday. Half one. We leave you with the Rolling Stones and start me up.
The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors annual sales event now on. One-off price reductions and special APR finance available during this event. Call in today and save thousands at Blackstone Motors, Drada and Dundalk. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing I love that Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.